Hey, this is Julio. Hey, this is Steve. Before the podcast starts, we want to welcome and give you the opportunity to support our ministry by visiting our website at www.bridgemenlaredo.org. Scroll down to the bottom of any page and you'll find the PayPal donate button. Bridge Ministries exists to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ and to equip people to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. If you would like to help us in our mission of making affordable or free Bibles and Christian books available and also to check out the orphanage that we support, visit our website. and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen romans 11 36 welcome ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this is bridge radio episode number 17 and if you are new to this podcast i uh just want to ask you guys to share to your mama your daddy your friends and your family and uh, we're continuing our series for this January on the five solas. And uh, I'm excited to not only end it, but also have a special guest um, on the, the program. We've, we've, had, we've had him again in the past. Uh, but anyway, guys, if you're new, go ahead and listen to our other podcast uh, last year. And uh, to kick off this year, we, are, we began the five solas. So we had Eli Elia, got his last name right, finally. And uh, he talked about Sola Scriptura. We had John Sampson come on and talk about Solo Gratia, Matt Slick, uh, Solo Fide, and me and my senior pastor, uh, Chad McCartney, we talked about Solus Christus. And today we're going to be on so, uh, Soli Deo Gloria, for the glory of God alone. Uh, I am your host of Bridge Radio, Julio Mar Rodriguez. And across from me, I have uh, actually two co-hosts today, um, Shane Kirk. How's it going, folks? He's back on the, the, the podcast again. And from Wisconsin, our pre- pre- president of the ministry, uh, Steve Denhartog. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good to be with you. So, um, again, today's we're going to be on the topic of solo, uh, uh, Soli Deo Gloria, for the glory of God. And let me just introduce to you our guest. He's the pastor of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. He's a faculty member at New St. Andrews College. He's a writer, author, debater, and someone that I would consider to be one of the great uh, centuries, uh, just great theologians and Christian thinkers. He's been a, a blessing uh, to my life and to many other people. He's re- reformed, post-millennial, and he's also a Presbyterian. So uh, welcome again to the program, Doug. Doug oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, thank you for coming back on. All right, guys. Um, so uh, we've been going through the series. And uh, again, if you're new, uh, although our series have been on the topic of soteriology, which is a doctrine of salvation, uh, as Protestants, we affirm, uh, affirm that according to the Scriptures alone, salvation is by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And this God-centered view of salvation is for the glory of God alone. Um, so Steve has uh, the first question he's going to ask to you, Doug. Yeah, so uh, just following up with, with what Julio just said re- regarding the, the other four solas, Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone, why is it that, uh, why do you think the Protestants of the Reformation felt it was necessary to include the fifth one, Soli Deo Gloria, uh, for the glory of God alone as one of the five stolas? Um, well, the, the, the basic answer to that, I think, is in 1 Corinthians 10.31, where Paul is getting, um, he's exhorting the Corinthians, and he says, uh, 
whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now that's okay. that's an exhortation that applies to us at McDonald's restaurant down to the last French fry. <laughs> he says, "Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God." So he's talking there about eating and drinking. He's talking about uh, peeling, you know, uh, shredded uh, uh, carrots on your salad. He's talking about apparently insignificant things mm. and he sure. wants he he wants believers down to the last crouton to be doing everything to the glory of god right well, if that's if that's the case in the quote unquote insignificant things how much more would it be the case for the grand and glorious things and ultimately mm. for the pre- proclamation of the gospel so if Amen. you if you're preaching the gospel and you're uh, preaching Christ alone and you are uh, taking your stand on scripture alone and you're summoning the people to come to Christ by faith alone and so on how much more should these should this magnificent effort be done to the glory of God. If the if the insignificant things should be done to the glory of God, how much more should the uh, momentous things be done to the glory of God? Hmm. Yeah, it, it's enough. Now, uh, I should add, I should add one other thing to to mm-hmm. that. Uh, some people have a false, you know, you know how they. Um, the 1950s movies about Jesus, you know, they, they put spooky music or weird. Um, we're a weird voiceover, uh, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and and many people uh, think that doing everything to the glory of God means entering into that kind of spooky <laughs> vibe, mm-hmm. um, and that's not what it that's not what it means. It means uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It means laughter. It means normal living, but all rendered Godward. So whether you're washing dishes, washing your car. Uh, Whatever you're you're doing at the office, uh, dropping your kids off at school, it can all be done in a in a in a in a very real way to God's glory. It doesn't have to just be right. those things that we think of as spiritual. Yeah, right. It's it's not so much uh, the glory of God is like the sun, and it's it's not so much that we're supposed to sit there and stare at the sun. Mm-hmm. What we're supposed to do is do everything else that we do in the light that the sun provides. Huh. Right. So um, I, I walk down the sidewalk in the sunlight. I mow the lawn in the sunlight. I, everything is done before God, quorum Deo, in the fa- in, before the face of God, huh. uh, in the light of the glory of God. Considering sure. the glory of God, how, sh- how should I, uh, how should I wash the dishes? How, how should I um, manage my finances? How should I do all these different things? Mm-hmm. Sure. That uh, answer kind of brings me into my next question for you with regards to just kind of elaborating a little bit more on what exactly are we speaking about when we talk about the glory of God. From a biblical perspective, when we talk about doing everything to the glory of God, what what does that mean? How, how would we define that? Okay, so um, when um, there are two basic scriptural um, connotations to glory. Uh, one of them is, um, well, you could might might make it three, depending on how you break it out. But <laughs> but one is uh, one is fame. Um, uh-huh. So 
uh, so when you're magnifying, proclaiming the name of the Lord, you're glorifying him. The, the other is uh, brightness or weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, C.S. Lewis has an essay, a sermon called The Weight of Glory. And yeah. that's, key, that's keying off of um, the, the Hebrew word for glory, which is kabod, Mm-hmm. Uh, which has the sense of weightiness to it. It's it's got heft. It's got weight. And the Greek mm-hmm. word uh, for glory is it's got the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we're when we're talking about us pursuing glory, um, we should be pursuing fame, but not fame in the eyes of the world. Mm-hmm. Rather, we want to be uh, accredited or approved by God. We want to be famous with God. <laughs> right. What we're, uh, so when someone is striving, they want to live in such a way as to one day hear, well done, good and faithful servant. What, that, what you're looking for is um, uh, fame with God. You're, you're wanting God to recognize um, what you've done. And of course, uh, when he recognizes what you've done, we we also recognize that we don't have anything that he didn't give us in the first place, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, some might some might say, well, isn't it kind of conceited to be seeking after fame, even um, even with God, even if it's just wanting to be have fame with God? Isn't that kind of self centered or egocentric? Mm-hmm. Uh, not really, as uh, as Lewis points out in that sermon, um, nothing is more obvious with a child. And, and he says, not a not a conceited child, but a good child, um, as undisguised pleasure in being praised by someone who is in authority over them. A, a good child uh, just is radiant when they're praised by someone they ought to please, and we should be that way with God. Huh. Okay. Um, Amen. With, with regard with regard to brilliance or weightiness or like you know the the brilliance of gold, the weightiness of gold, that kind that kind of uh, glory, uh, we don't want to make the mistake of thinking that when we get to get to heaven, when we get into the resurrection, God's going to say, "Oh, you're a fine Christian. Here's a chest of gold doubloons." <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not like that. We're not. Um, Right. Uh, Paul says. Paul says in in Thessalonians, "What is my crown? Um, what is my joy?" Uh, he, he says, "Is it not you?" Huh. Um, so the, he's talking about the Thessalonians as his joy, his crown, um, and I believe that that's the the glory of um, of the resurrection is the fact that we won't be alone. We're going to be surrounded by uh, a, an innumerable host of radiant saints, and we're going to be right. with them. Hmm. That's great. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a recognition of the reason for which we were created, I guess, in a sense. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Recognizing God's glory and 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 in that uh, finding our our um, reason for being as well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. There's another thing that I want that that I want you to touch on, Doug, and, and it, it was something that the Reformation gave to us. And I was listening to uh, uh, your church's sermon, I believe it was this past Sunday. Yeah, and you were talking about how the the Protestants and the, and, and the Reformation gave to us or sort of destroyed this whole concept of of uh, full time Christianity and part time Christianity in terms of vocation. So um, you know, you had um, doctors who were Christians and and, and lawyers. 
employers and so um and, and that was sort of portrayed as part-time christianity um could, could you could you flesh that out uh for us and sort of speak about that yes. i think that's it's um, such a good part of the reformation oh it was it was a um, it, it was a key element in the reformation mm-hmm. and that was uh, and and you see it um, in the Dutch um, in the Dutch realist school of painting. Mm-hmm. So um, before uh, you would honor God in the medieval period, you would honor God by painting uh, pictures of the Virgin Mary and mother and child, or mm-hmm. or the saints. So, it, so art, in order to glorify God, had to be. Um, on holy topics you know the the people involved had to have halos yeah right um and in the dutch realist school of painting you have people you know um setting the table reading a letter Mm. um doing you know it was it was everyday life that was again coram deo in the presence of god Mm -hmm. And, and that was a that was a direct consequence of the reformation which broke down the secular sacred um uh divide so so that someone could be uh, in the medieval period if you wanted to be a sold out christian if you really wanted to be sold out for jesus Mm -hmm. you had to go into a nunnery or some someplace equally (laughs) high-minded the way modern the way modern evangelicals will say well i want to go to the mission field or i want Mm -hmm. to be a church planter or i want to go into full-time christian work what we have to do is recover recover the idea of serving jesus full-time in dentistry Hmm. serving christ full-time in architecture serving him full-time shoveling snow so um what you're uh, and and this is because um solideo gloria right if if god is sovereign if god is if jesus is lord over all then that means absolutely any lawful act any act that's not overtly sinful can be rendered to him can be offered Hmm. up to him interesting yeah, I liked it. Um, yeah, that was a part of your sermon the other day that, that really hit me and stood out. Um, the other question we wanted to ask, um, and, and in the pulpits across the globe, um, God's glory is either never spoken of or emphasized so much that the Christian ear and heart become jaded to it. We have Psalms fifty twenty two say, uh, Mark this, then you who forget God, lest I tear you apart, and there be none to deliver. Uh, so with that said, what is God's glory and how important is it? Well, God's glory is one of the things we have to uh, realize is that God's attributes are are things that we can distinguish. The Bible talks about them: God's mm. um, righteousness and His um, justice and His mercy and His loving kindness and so forth. Uh, they can be distinguished, but they can't be separated. They can't be separated from one another, from mm-hmm. one from another, and they can't be separated from Him. So um, uh, it's like three dimensions. Uh, I can easily, I can distinguish at a glance height, breadth, and depth, mm-hmm. right? But I can't separate them. If I if I have uh, something sitting on my desk and I remove just the height of it, I find out that I've I've simultaneously removed the breadth and depth of it. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, if I remove the height of the book, I don't have a very very flat book. I have no book. And theologians, I think, rightly point to the holiness of God as sort of the sum total of all God's attributes, Mm, you know, his love and his justice and all of it, all of it together. So the seraphim cry out, holy, holy, 
holy. Mm-hmm. So um, God, God is His glory. <laughs> so yeah. we we can't uh, we can't talk about. Uh, uh, in the same way that he is his righteousness and he is mm-hmm. his love and he is so we can describe him as being this or that or the other thing but there was never a time and there could never be a time where god sort of ultimately omnipotent was just sort of sitting there alone deciding what kind of god he was going to be <laughs> um, that that's not in the cards that's not the way it is right um God is the way he is. I am mm-hmm. that I am. Yeah. So uh, the nature of God is sort of a fixed absolute. Mm-hmm. It, it, can't be, it can't be otherwise. And so when um, God glorifies his own name, Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a limited, finite creature, so I can decide um, to go left or to go right. Mm-hmm. But God is omnipresent. Mm-hmm. What did you want to say, Chris? No, I just had a, a question about that. I, mean, I liked how we related how people change, and therefore, you know, we should not ever try and glorify ourselves in that regard. But mm-hmm. um, if God alone gets the glory, uh, what about the promises about our glorification how does that tie into tie into this yeah if god alone gets the glory um uh, how how can we say that that we should seek after as paul says in romans we should seek after glory honor and immortality how can we seek glory Uh if god gets all the glory um and the the answer goes back to the illustration i used earlier about about the uh, glory of god being like the sun Uh um when when we realize what we're like we are all tiny little mirrors or reflectors when we are glorified that's because we are reflecting his glory derivatively so the more we are glorified the more he is glorified um the the brighter the moon shines that's because the brighter the sun is shining yeah, right. Because yeah. because the moon the moon is not uh, generating any light herself. Right. The moon is reflecting light. We we are reflectors. So um, and, and the Bible teaches this um, very explicitly. We are we are the image of God. So when the when someone who is created in the image of God huh. becomes radiant and glorious, then that means. It's reflective glory, and that that glory is the glory of God. Hmm. Oh, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah six three, and I, I was going to quote it here. This is the seraphim. They said, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory." And then Psalms nineteen one: "The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim His handiwork." Uh, Isaiah forty two eight: "I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. No praise to carve idols." Um, why is is it God's goal? To, uh, why is it God's goal to manifest His glory? Uh, some might think, um, as, as I've heard uh, quite a lot of objections to, is that, well, this seems arrogant. And, and also, too, didn't Jesus come and say that he came to serve uh, and, and not be served? And, and some might see this uh, as a sort of contradiction. So, so Doug, why, why is it uh, God's goal to manifest his glory? And is there any sort of contradiction in that? Yeah. Um, I think there's an interesting tension in it, but no contradiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go, I would answer it to um two ways. The first is I would go back to my point about how God is, is was not there deciding one day what kind of God he would be. Mm-hmm. Shall I do the glorious thing or not 
the glorious thing, you know, that sort of thing. It was, it was not a decision to make. This is just the way he is. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Uh, I said two things. I, it's probably going to wind up being three. Um, <laughs> the second thing is the God who glorifies himself mm -hmm. is doing so in a Trinitarian way. So, uh, it's interesting, for example, in First John, John says God is love. Mm -hmm. This is something that Allah in the in the Islamic faith, Allah could not say because the Muslim God is Unitarian, a mm -hmm. monad, no distinctions. Right. And so before the world before the world was created, God could not be love because there was no beloved. There was no one to love, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we could say God is beneficent after the world was created. Right. But the Christian can say that before the world was created, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were everlastingly triune. Mm -hmm. And God the, God, God the Father always had a beloved, the Son. The Father always loved the Son. The Son always loved the Father. Their mutual love for each other. I understand to be the spirit of God, hmm. the, the spirit of God himself, who who is love itself. And so God is love. Now, just as we have a lover and a beloved within the triune Godhead, so we have a glorifier and a glorified. And it's it's possible. So if I'm just uh, if if you believe in a hermit God or a Unitarian God or the God who's the ultimate monad and he's sitting up there saying, I know what, I'm going to glorify myself, that comes, that rubs us like ultimate megalomania. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and the answer to that is that God is triune, mm -hmm. that, uh, that God, the Father, can love the Son and bestow glory on the Son, <clears throat> and the Son can seek to honor and glorify his father, etc. And and they're they are genuinely loving, giving away, um, deferring, being humble. There's true humility in the Godhead. And then the third thing is that we can see this ultimately in in how God decided to glorify his name on earth. Mm -hmm. He did it by sending his son um in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Mm -hmm. So um in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus describes his being twisted on a gibbet, on a stake, on a pike, mm -hmm. on a cross, as him being lifted up and being glorified, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's um, so when we say, Did, didn't God seek out the ultimate glory for himself? And I say, yes. Mm -hmm. And look what it looks like. Yeah, it it looks like him dying for wretched sinners. That's what it looks like. So all of a sudden, um, we're not talking about God on a on a gold plated throne, you know, asking people to leave uh, tribute offerings in front of him. Right, right. So uh, in terms of uh, today's modern uh, modern day evangelicalism, uh, Doug, I, I wanted to to ask you what in what ways are we robbing God of His glory? Um, you know, we had Roman Catholicism, and we've discussed throughout the podcast series on how they were doing that. It was always Christ plus something, Christ plus works, uh, and through the sacraments, the grace would come. Um, but just in Protestant, modern-day evangelicalism, um, what, what have you seen that 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 is uh, that we're robbing God of His glory? Well, it's, the thing that robs God of His glory is always um, proud faces, uh -huh. <laughs> um, taking credit for it 
yourself. Right. Uh, when Jesus says um, uh, it's some sort of autonomy or some sort of grasping, I said earlier, God says, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. We say, as it says in Luke 17, I'm an unworthy servant. I only did as I was instructed. Mm-hmm. And But we can't just say the right thing. We have to say the right thing with the right demeanor. It's interesting that we're talking... Um, we're talking about soli deo gloria yeah. um, here, um, and if you look at, if you consider the parable that Jesus told of the publican and the Pharisee who went uh-huh. down to the temple to pray, um, technically the Pharisee prayed in accordance with soli deo gloria. Uh-huh. He said, "I thank you, God, that I am not like other men." <laughs> and uh, and a good Latin summary of that is soli deo gloria. God, um, God, you get all the credit for how wonderful I am. <laughs> and um, you get all the credit for how much I'm not like that wretch over there in the corner. Yeah. And and Jesus says, even though he's, you know, he says elsewhere that the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. He mm-hmm. said, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Um, there's a way of soaking up praise while technically giving glory to God. Okay. Right. Yeah. So we want we want to be um, giving glory to God in our words and attitudes, in our words and motions, but also fundamentally in our attitudes. Mm-hmm. So when uh, uh, when when someone says, um, as when someone asks, as you, as you just did, mm-hmm. in what ways are we robbing God of His glory, or what, what what ways are we doing that? It would be to whatever extent we are taking credit as nebuchadnezzar did on top of the walls mm-hmm. is this not great babylon is this not great babylon that i've built mm. isn't this a wonderful ministry that i built isn't this a great mega church right isn't this a wonderful thing mm. um and if you're soaking up uh, soaking up praise from the audience or the audience you're angling for you're uh, you're robbing god of his glory yeah, um, and that's what—that's how Herod got himself struck with worms, right? Uh, yeah. The crowd started shouting, "The voice of a god and not a man!" Uh, and because Herod didn't give glory to God, uh-huh. he was struck by worms and died. Right, right. Actually, Shane, you—you you recently just went to New York and you went yes, to I did. Hillsong Church. Um, what was it? we were talking about? This I hate to put you on the spot. I didn't even no, mean no, to bring this good. up, but just in in just modern day evangelicalism. I mean, what, what just kind of going off what Doug said there? I mean, what? Just sort of what you saw in, in the church. Oh, well, me and my wife went, and she was super excited to go because she follows all, you know, she listens to the music and, and follows a lot of that stuff on TV. Uh, we went and we brought our Bibles, and we were one of the few. Mm-hmm. But just the whole demeanor of the church, from the opening worship to the pastors and the speakers, it was all look at me, how funny yeah. I am, how, how clever, you know, how well I can sing. It was not glorifying God, it was more so that type of new york broadway type showy yeah. that you would you yeah. wouldn't expect to see at church and yeah. it was, i mean it was shocking yeah 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 i've I, i've yeah. noticed especially in the in the especially what you were talking about the the worship side of the ministry i could go on on this a lot but i noticed the uh, just christian musicians nowadays it's very centered <laughs> on them in worship, and uh, I know that's that's a completely different subject. But um, um, so the, hey, I had a, a yeah, go, one go. one follow up question with regards to the uh, robbing God of his robbing God of his glory. I think is there a sense in in which we we can't really do that? I understand 
um, that perspective when we say that we're robbing God of his glory. But in a sense, we really can't do anything to add to or take away from it because God in and of himself is glorious. And so our role as uh, preachers is to recognize that and to be a reflection of that. Would you say would you say that that's true, Doug? How would you respond to that? Yeah, I, I'd say that's absolutely true. We can never, technically speaking, we can never rob God of his glory. We can try. That's what right. sin is. <laughs> is, is, is. It's always attempted robbery, mm-hmm. never sure. successful robbery. Uh, sure. But it's the sort of thing where, uh, uh, you know, the hymn, crown him with many crowns. Well, uh-huh. yeah, I, well, we don't, we can't crown him either. <laughs> right, right. Um, we, we acknowledged our limitations. Uh, we can't successfully rob God of his glory. Um, but we can delude ourselves into thinking that it would be possible to do so or desirable if we could. Uh-huh. And that's, sure. and that's what, um, sin is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think giving God the glory would be recognizing him for who he is. And um, so the, the the Westminster Shorter Catechism uh, asks, what is the chief end of man? The answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Uh, how can we as Christians glorify God and enjoy him? Um, the, the, the way we um, glorify God by enjoying him, I think it's John Piper's adjustment. We glorify God by enjoying him forever. Um, when we enjoy God, the only way we can do that is by, according to his gospel, by his word on his terms. Right. And when we face him directly, the, when God says, look at me, face me, reflect me, when he, he does that and we look to him, hmm. um, he shines full on our face and we are mirrors, we are reflectors, and mm-hmm. we glorify him. Um, and, and, and we were built to do this. So we enjoy doing it. It's Mm -hmm. a blessing for us when we do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Right, right. So we're already coming up on the top. Uh, so this is the, I've been asking every, uh, any, every, every guest that we've had this question, Doug. So why is it important for Christians to know and understand the five solos? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's important to, to know and understand and comprehend because this is our salvation. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, um, you you cannot have a good firm grasp of how God has resolved to save sinners without knowledge, uh, acknowledging or knowing the five solas. Uh-huh. Um, sola Scriptura. These are the words of life. Uh, men are liars. Fault. You know, teachers from other um, quadrants are uh-huh. going to misrepresent it. So, script, scripture gives us the unvarnished truth christ is the only way he prayed in the garden um if the uh, father if there's any way to do this apart from me dying right right. uh, let's do it that way and the and the father said no there is no other way the father would have if had there been another way uh i can't imagine the father saying no you've got i'm gonna make you die needlessly um so christ is the only way um the scriptures are the only word Faith means that we're not relying on our own good looks, our own wisdom, mm-hmm. our own way of doing things. Um, and, and as Paul says in Ephesians 2, and even that faith is the gift of God, huh. lest anybody should boast about it or yeah. you know, become a, uh, 
a, a braggart about it. And and sola gratia is simply a shorthand expression of all of this is gift. Everything is gift. Um, everything is grace. What do you have, Paul says, that you did not receive as a gift? Hmm. And if as a gift, why do you boast as though as it were not? And then, of course, sola dea gloria means that God is God everywhere all the time. Yes. Amen. All right, Doug, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, where, where can people find you at? You just actually started a new, uh, or not new, I actually had just found it, what, a couple of months back, but you have your own uh, podcast as well. Um, you could you could yes. plug in where, where people could find you. Sure. Um, the best clearinghouse, the best place to go is dougwills.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is my blog, blog and may blog. And then my, <laughs> uh, my there's a banner ad for my podcast up top. So, Okay. All right. Yeah, that's I'm that's a there. that's a very great podcast. Uh, did you go? I, actually, I was gonna I was gonna ask you too for for just a, an idea. I'm pretty sure you're gonna do it in, in the future. But to do a, a podcast on theonomy, and uh, I think that'd be cool. <laughs> ah, yes, that would be good. Yes. Yes. All, I, right. I, all right, guys. Uh, okay. So that wraps up. Thank our, you so much, Doug. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Brothers. Um, Bye. Guys, thank you for um, for uh, for listening and tuning in. Um, uh, we, we will see you back on the next podcast. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And uh, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.